fun fact. She's not even Asian. According to this, I mean, she might have like. Oh, she might be Canadian Asian or something. Yeah, I mean, it just says. It doesn't even mention anything Asian at all. Like, uh, I don't know if. She'd have to be half Asian, right? Yeah. It's weird that they want to do that. Yeah. I never know. Um, You ready? Yep. Welcome to the rom com dudes. I'm rom com dude number one. I'm Austin. I am rom com dude number two. I'm Carlton. Back into your ear holes to talk to you about Say Anything, a bunch of probably a movie that a bunch of you have never seen. <laughs> I never even heard of it. Mean, I recognize the scene. Everyone knows the scene, right? Right yes. now, what am I doing? You're holding up a radio. I sure am. I want everyone to see this. I want to play, was it Phil Collins? Yes, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. <laughs> that or Genesis. Either way, it's Phil Collins sure. singing. I'm pretty sure it's Phil Collins. Yeah. Maybe it was Genesis. Either way, you're right. I want my love to know I'm outside her window, which is not really clear in the movie. Like, it's kind of a hard cut to that scene, you know? Like, yeah. every time you see it parodied, you think, like, oh, he's outside the window, which he probably is, but you don't really, it's not clear. Yeah. It's a cool scene, though, right? Cause it is. John Cusack, man, he dresses so cool in this movie. The trench coat. Oh, yeah. I was thinking we should reenact that image for, like, for our social media. <laughs> I was going to tell you that before the mic, but now you're going to. People won't know. They'll know. Anyways, we'll reenact it. <laughs> I want to. Um, I don't have a trench coat like that, though. We'll find one. I think my mom does. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or my dad, one of them. Um, yeah, we got, what, John Cusack, Keon Sky, John Mahoney, who is, what, she, he's in uh, Frasier. He's the dad in Frasier. We got okay. Lily Taylor. You Cameron sp- Crowe directed and written. So... The chick who plays Diane. Yeah, that's... Eon. How do you say her? Eon? Yeah, I think so. I don't... Like, I recognized her, but I didn't... She does a lot of TV, you know. Uh, well, she, Fever Pitch, Four Rooms, but... Um, this is her most known for Core 90 B, so... Yeah. She's... I've yeah. seen her in some things. Really, she's in this is definitely She's definitely her most famous, though, right? Yeah. Um, you don't recognize hardly any of... At least at a glance. Can we just agree, though, that this is a great movie? This is a fantastic movie. My and it, gosh. It's I, weird, right? Because, like, when you start watching it, you're like, um, the editing's kind of interesting. The 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 writing's interesting in it. Is. And you, I mean, you heard us talking about it in P.S. I Still Love, or P.S. I Love You. You know, like, it's a time capsule uh, of its era. Yes. 88, 89. Um, graduation time. We got the summer of just like an unlikely guy trying to date an unlikely girl. Yes, that's the whole whole story. Another high school romantic comedy, which I've actually never seen this movie before. This is my I first know, yeah. time too, and that's the reason why I chose it because I was like, oh, this is an interest. I knew I knew it was good because there's that scene, there's the yep. boombox scene, it's kind of a classic. You when you like look into lists of like romantic comedies, you see this on there a yeah. lot of them. Be de- de- deservous, deservously. What am I saying? Deservedly. So, so thank you. Uh, it's kind of got like a crime drama in the middle of it. You know, the yeah. dad doing his uh, crime thing. So I guess what I'm saying, like, like, our audience age is a lot younger than this movie. Yes. Like this movie was made. We we were born in ninety two, ninety one. Yeah. So this movie was made in or released in eighty nine, and so. 
a lot of you probably haven't seen it. I would recommend watching it. It's on Hulu. Uh, yeah. Like, go watch it before you listen to this. And that's going to not help our numbers. I don't care. This movie is worth your time. It's pretty short. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, right? Because John Cusack plays this quirky kid. He does. He's so good. He's always so like, fantastic. He's always moving, but like the nicest boy that this girl could date. Yes. He might be, he's kind of a loser, but kind of not, right? Yeah. Like he's ambitious, but not in the direction that and society wants him to be. And he's definitely a victim of the circumstances. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because he lives by himself. Yeah. But he lives with his sister too, who is his real sister in real life. That's Joan Cusack. Yeah. Okay. I knew I recognized it. I didn't realize they were Yeah. Waiting. The voice of Jesse in Toy Story 2. And she's the judge in the in the series of unfortunate and event TV in shows. She's in a bunch of, but she's in what? That's her in school. No, it's not her in school. She rock. is in school. Yeah, it is. yeah, she's okay. the principal. Yep. She's awesome. I love Joan she's, Cusack. She's a. I almost delight. love her more than John. John Cusack's kind of. Weird. I don't know enough. Of, I've only seen him in a few things. So. Yeah, John Cusack. He's he's an interesting dude. We saw him live at Comic Con, John and Joan. And they were, Joan was like a big delight, just like the friendliest face. John was like covering his face with his hat. And like, I think he was on drugs a little bit. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he was on drugs, but he kind of seemed a little out there. Um, They'd ask questions about say anything or anything like that. And he'd just be like, "Uh, yeah, I hung the, yep, I held the radio over my head. Yeah, that's what I did. And Joan would talk about Toy Story for like 15 minutes. Like, yeah, when I came on as Jesse, it was like the greatest thing I've ever gotten. I can't wait. You know, I, I made Toy Story 3. I was in Toy Story 4. Oh my. Well, it was pre-Toy Story 4, but she, yeah. you know, you could tell she was excited. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't even, like offhand, I don't know movies he's been in. There, I know there's certain, like, I kind of want to see. So por- 1408's really good. Yeah, I want to see it. I've never seen it. The I've seen other- High Fidelity. Never seen it. Um, He's in... Uh, the Beatles, or not Beatles, Beach Boys movie called Love and Mercy. So good. You would really like Love and Mercy. You should you should check it out, Carlton. Uh, it has Paul Dano and John Cusack, and they both play Brian. He's Dimitri and Anastasia? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Does he, he sing too? I'm sure he does. He sings, he sings in uh, Love and Mercy. You... I'm not joking. It's all about making music, and you would really like Probably. Love and Mercy. I'm pretty... Even if it's like a mediocre film, I usually, if it's a music-oriented film, I generally enjoy it. You saw 2012? No? Mm-mm. That's a... Hot Tub Time Machine. That's an end-of-world movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, for, like I said, going through just to make sure... Like I said, technically, Anastasia. I've seen that. We could do um, Serendipity. That's a rom-com. But. but he's in The Raven. Yeah. I forgot he's, about that. I've not Hall. seen the Raven. <laughs> he's in bon- being John Malkovich. I still want to see that. Yeah. What's Too bad that? it doesn't have romance in it or we could do it. <laughs> we need to do her. Speaking of Spike Jones movies. That uh, is so weird. Her? Yeah. I love it. It's a rom com, man. That's oh, a straight yeah, 100%. up weird. Weird rom com, but it's that would be it. Maybe that'll be a Halloween episode. Yeah. If we go that far, I guess. I mean, we've been almost doing this a year now. Isn't that crazy? In July, we'll be doing July? it a year. That's crazy. On and off. This this was we just posted our thirty third episode. Weird. That is weird. Um, so say anything is a delight. Yes. So fun, and the chemistry is unreal. They are so good in it. The dad is like perfect. The 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 sister Joanne. Cusack is perfect. 
everything about this. Like I said, the one thing, this is more just, I mean, it is a short movie, so you have to just decide things. It would have been, I wish I could have seen a little bit more relationship with him and her and this, the nephew. Oh, yeah, whatever. No, I see what you're saying. I like, I wish I would have seen, because you kind of just, it's very sidebar, and obvious, for obvious reasons. Like, mm-hmm. I can see the decisions made, why it was, but there could have just been more, I don't know, his, the decision he makes in the movie, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of stake for him to, in any regard. Like yeah. He doesn't have a lot of, I mean, there's, I mean, it's not his parents, so it makes sense. But Other like, than the military thing, right? Yeah. I see what you're saying. And so I feel like there could have been, there could have been more there, because I liked the relationship he had with the nephew. But here's the thing, the, the stakes wasn't with him, though, it was it with is her. It is, no, I get that. So. So like I said, it's just one of those things, like, if, if I were to find something to nitpick. Yeah. That's fair. That's what, there's something like story wise. Most of my stuff is always like I see a certain story that I would love to see help with character development. Mm-hmm. That's where I see certain things. It's not important. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. By any, but like if I were to do something differently, I could have. I would have had more with that. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, this is Cameron Crowe. You know, directs a lot of pop heavy music. Um, not necessarily rom coms, but he has a lot of like romance in him. You know, like. He did this, Vanilla Sky, which is not a romance. I mean, there is romance in it, but it's not a romantic comedy. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Um, you know, like, he is a well-known director, hmm. and this was his first movie, and he he just, like, hit it out of the park, wrote and directed it. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just interesting that it starts out, like, with him already liking the girl, which I liked a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, John Cusack was like, with his two friends that are both girls, and he, which I really like too, and he's just sitting there like, hey, I, I sat, or I was on my first date with, I don't know her name. Diane. Diane. You know, Maybe like, I was on my first date with Diane. And they're like, oh, you, you went on a date with Diane? And he's like, well, kind of, we were at the mall together. And I sat by her. <laughs> and he's like, I should give her a call, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but that's kind of his character, right? He's kind of bold, like yeah. to the point. Kind of a salesman Yeah type but he's like i don't want to be a salesman that's not who i am i love that's a great that scene scene. so wonderful so good he's he's just like i said this movie in general is just a delightful film Uh uh-huh like the one it it breaks rom-com norms for sure especially in the 80s oh yeah whereas very there's a ton of romantic comedies it was like when romantic comedies became even more popular yeah it was just so different the the thing I appreciate and love the most about this is that the conflict is not just about them yeah. being weird with relationships. Because relationships are hard. Like I yeah. see why it's a popular thing, why people relate to romance films and having the conflict of like romance being hard because it is. Yeah, they know they like each other. Yeah. But I love that the conflict isn't just some like I said, it's such a stark difference of what the conflict is from the movie of To All the Boys I Love You Before. Yeah. I mean I mean, like... It's not a fair comparison, necessarily, right. but... This is a classic. I mean, To All the Boys I Loved Before, I hope, is a classic in the end. I mean, this is a pretty good movie. It's yes. not as good as this one, in my opinion, but, like, they're very, very similar. They are. The The thing that I like, too, is the conflict isn't from them... They do break up in yes. the movie, but it's not because of that. It's because of the dad. Yeah. The dad's like, hey, I, you know, you have your future to look forward to. You're just getting out of high school. This guy is nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a nobody for you. And she just, she's like, fine, yeah, dad knows. He knows what's right. Like, 
he's right. Like I need to go to England because she gets this. She gets this scholarship. And I've heard of it before. Like I when they said it, I recognized it. But it's huge. It's like a yeah. It's just this giant uh, scholarship opportunity to yeah. go across seas to study. It's one of those uh, famous schools out there too. And I can't remember which one. Yeah. So they. That's one conflict. The other conflict is, of course, um, her dad is like stealing money from. They own a retirement home, which is weird. I didn't even put that together until oh, yeah. now. That the, That's funny. Yes, I, st- I love you too. And this one both have a retirement home in each other. But That's funny. he's like stealing money from the old people when they pass away. Yeah. And the families and his big arguments like, they don't even see him anymore. I'm the only one who takes care of him now. I should be getting that money. Yeah. But that's where, like, the crime drama comes in. Because, yep. like, the FBI comes in and investigates a little bit. Yeah. But those aren't even the good moments. I feel like the moments that really stand out to me are every time they're with, like, high school friends. Oh, yeah. Or together. All together. Yes. Like, the dinner, so him saying what he wants to be when he grows up. Yep. Type thing. Really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, the key master, right? Like, that yep. party scene is, is really good. But yeah, this movie just starts out like it just starts good. Not like I've noticed with certain movies or it's like it begins like, oh, sometimes it takes me a second to get into this. But mm-hmm. like right away, like his conversation with her on the phone is just so you can just feel like the way he acts. It, yeah. You just feel the tension of his awkwardness of like wanting to impress her. And it's just a just a delightful film. Like, yeah. There, <laughs> There's this. um. Uh, who one of the entertainment weekly magazines not entertainment weekly but one of those type magazines um did an does a round table interview every year around oscar oh, times okay. i don't know which one did it they do a bunch or maybe like them. hollywood reporter hollywood reporter they i think it was them because they do a bunch of those with a bunch of yeah composers. the one i first got into is their composer ones those are fun to watch and, and the girl who directed ladybird and little women look her up real quick she they were talking about like what is cinema and like how can you tell cinema from not like good cinema from bad cinema and she was just like i don't know like like it's just you know when you see it it's that first minute sometimes that first two minutes Hmm. you'll really know like if the movie has is going to be cinematic or not whether the movie is good or not that's that's fine but you you it will catch your attention and lately i've been feeling that a lot right like ps i still love you to all the boys i love you or to all the boys ps i still love you like that first two minutes didn't catch me as well it's like this one but like the first one did the first one i was like oh wow especially since like I don't know why we watched Stardust before that, and Stardust was like, it didn't catch me that first two minutes. Maybe it's because I saw it a bunch, I think, yeah. or something. Um, her name's Greta Gerwig, by the way. She she was saying that, and this movie, clearly, yes. you're exactly right. It's that first like two to five minutes where you're like, whoa, yeah, this the writing's good, the directing's good, the 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 cutting is good. It has some a lot of hard cuts, yeah. which is kind of, it was kind of hard to get used to, I feel like, yeah. during this whole movie. But I, I wonder if it was just the time or this is Cameron Crowe's first movie he directed. Maybe that was part of it. Because I think he directed music videos before this. And so oh, okay. I, it kind of has that music video yeah, can... feel to that. But the um, To All the Boys I Loved Before, P.S. I Still Love You, was directed by a guy who directed music videos, which you could clearly yeah. see. Right? There's that scene where she's like walking down the hallway and like lip singing a song. Yeah. 
Anyways, we're not talking about that movie. But you can see that light, that night and day difference here. So, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a great, great movie. What are you looking up? I just look at uh, the, the trivia part. So during the iconic scene. so The radio holding scene? Yeah, so the, the context of that is so she, she breaks up with um, his character's name is Lloyd. She breaks yeah. up with uh, John Cusack's yeah, character right. on the basis of her father saying you shouldn't have any ties to when you go across sea. Yeah. You want, he wants her to be successful. And you can see a lot of his motivation of why he's treating her the way that he is. Yeah. Because he just, I think he deep down knows what he's doing is wrong, but like in a way, because there must have been something, because he's not in a business where it's going to make him a lot of money. Yeah. And so I think he's made decisions to not to make sure that she's not in the same position. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he knew he would... That's why I like this movie, too, is he feels guilty for her sake, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like he knew he was going to go to jail at some point, and this was the the opportunity for her to grow as a person better than him. Yeah. Yeah. The... Yes, a freaking good movie. I... So, anyways... So she, so she breaks up with him, and then he, uh, everything, the, the, all the stuff that happens, his reaction to breaking up with her, is just wonderful. Yeah. Like the when he, because he's recording the the tape for uh, his sister. Uh huh. And uh, he says that I hang out with too many girls. I just hang out with guys. Yeah. <laughs> then he tries to hang out with the guys. Tries to hang out with the guys, and they're all just kind of being like meatheads, totally, like very stereotypical dudes. Uh huh. And everything about that scene is just, it's well-directed, it's funny, and yep. then he's just back in the car. That was a mistake, and he keeps driving. Well, he, <laughs> he, he's like, they're all giving him advice on the girl, Yes. and he's like, if you guys know all this, then why don't you have girls with you right now? And they're like, well, uh... One guy chimes in. Yeah, there's a party. There's a party we should go to, right? Like, that's well, what... I think- so what happens is, right, because they're choosing not. Oh, they're choosing not to. That's right. And then they will go to a party. Together. Then they talk about the party. Yeah. And they're like, we can find a girl there. Yeah. That, is that the part where they, like, rap, too, in the background? Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. But he's, like, he was a real rapper, I think, in the bad Anyways. I oh, really? About that. That's funny. Anyways, so then he does a couple of things. One of the things he does is he plays the iconic of playing the, the boombox outside of her house. Uh-huh. Um, so when they're filming it, it's actually what's being played. Filming was reportedly turned the other way by a fishbone. Oh. But in post-production, it's in your eyes. That was added in post-production. Yeah. I think I did read that. That was kind of a... Um, looks like uh, Lawrence Kasdan was supposed to direct this, which Lawrence Kasdan wrote Star Wars. He wrote Indiana Jones. And then he, he turned away because Cameron Crowe was like, hey, man, these aren't the movies you direct. Like you, you like action adventure stuff. This is the opposite of action and adventure, and it kind of convinced him. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't want to direct this movie, and so that's how Cameron Crowe got the the movie. They talked about Robert Downey Jr. almost played the part. I don't. I take this little fact as a grain of salt. He probably, you know, re- like he probably. Uh, um, tried out for it just like everyone else yeah he wasn't famous at the time i feel like you know so they were like oh robert downey jr was almost the part you know because he's a big name now yeah but whatever much bigger than john cusack (laughs) yeah 
He said like the the chemistry wasn't as good. I could see Robert Downey Jr. playing this part though. Yeah. John Cusack did amazing. Yeah, I did. That's interesting. I'm so lo- I could have sworn the song for the boombox scene was Phil Collins. Who does it say? It says Peter Gabriel in your eyes. Oh. I know the name Peter Gabriel, but Yeah, I thought it was uh Phil Collins too. See, we're idiots. Yeah. Sorry guys. They were people were probably yelling at us in their headphones like it was Peter Gabriel, not Phil Collins. Yep, in your eyes. There it is. What the heck? And he was the lead singer of Genesis at one point too. Oh. What in the what is happening? That makes sense. Right we're blowing Carlton's mind. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of people copy this movie now because of the boombox thing. Yeah. It's in it like that scene is in it for five seconds. So it's yeah. not very long. That's crazy that it just became it's so it's iconic. referenced so many times. Yeah. Uh like there's a, a band I listened to, uh Starting Line. I almost said Say Anything. There's a band called Say Anything. Yeah. They probably is. named themselves after this. They movie. did. I saw a oh, they little did? fact yeah. about that. Yeah. They said they watched that movie a lot, so they named it gotcha. after. <laughs> Makes sense. Um Starting Line and one of their uh the best of Best of me, best of you. Man, I've listened a while. <laughs> but the, that's how the music video starts, as someone playing stereo <laughs> outside the house. Yeah, it's it's pretty iconic. And But I feel like most of the time now, you see the reaction of the girl yeah. with the radio. You don't see the reaction of the girl on this. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, so really what happens in this movie is John Cusack sits with her at the mall, and... He like calls her up and she turns him down a ton. And then he's just like, "Please, just come to the senior party, w- party with me." And she's like, "No, I'm not gonna go to that party." And she, he's like, "Please, please, you know, yeah. just being a salesman." But he's he's really quirky. Yeah, he's a kickboxer. It's a new. It's a relatively. He keeps saying it's a relatively new sport, but it's gonna blow up. And that's what he's really into right now. And so, um, he's persistent. And ready to like take on whatever is the next challenge, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he calls her up and convinces her to go to the party, though. In the end, yep. and she dresses up really nice. She looks; she's the nicest looking girl out there, almost like a prom, <laughs> like date look. The graduation happens before. The party's after graduation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I'm just saying the graduation. Yeah, you she's learn a little bit she's more. the valedictorian. Yeah. She's like the smartest girl in school and all of that. That's what you learn about her. So that's what it is. It's almost like a Romeo Juliet kind of story. Yeah. These and like two she, worlds. She even talks about in in the speech how she really just didn't know any of her classmates. Like yeah. All the you could you you see that contrast where like the academia are very excited for her because they're always excited for their the brightest students that they have. But because that's a, a trade-off you get a lot is if you spend a lot of time with academia, you don't get a lot of social life. Yeah. And you see that in that scene, which kind of, then you kind of get that contrast when she goes to the party, like she's dressed differently. And it's definitely a decision. That it makes her stand out. Yeah, for sure. And the, the, the party scene is so fun. Yes. Right? Like there's rules to it. There's like boundaries but there's not boundaries there's clicks but there's not clicks and it it felt very american but also like fantasy yeah i don't even know the word fantasy i don't know uh it felt like a fantasy like it felt feels like a movie but also real at the same time like i feel like a party could run like this 
maybe it, what this takes place in Seattle. Yes. So, yeah, it's to all the boys I love before it takes place in Seattle. Yeah, that's so weird. Um. So, anyways, there's a uh, John Cusack becomes like the key master. Yeah. Where everyone gives him the keys so that he can make sure everyone drives safely, drive home safely. They yeah. can't drive away until the party's over. And there's like no drink drunk driving, but it's an all night. It's their all night senior party. I yeah. feel like a lot of seniors have this party. A lot of them now are school sponsored. This one was not. Yeah. Um, but he takes her, and it, he he like is always watching her. But they're not together during this party. But he's always watching her, and she knows he's watching her. But she finds it very cute and attractive, yeah. not weird. Yeah, because I think it's portrayed this way. It's. He's instead of like he he says it's a date or whatever, but he's allowing him just to be social with the rest of yes. the group, and it's just him looking after her. Yep. And she talks about that a lot, where it's just he was just being he's just a gentleman. Yeah, he's so nice. Yeah. Like he doesn't, and that's what's cool about the movie is you're introduced to him, and he doesn't seem like the type that would like be really nice or be be uh, the the best man at the party. He looks like the quirky guy who would probably smoke weed in the corner and listen to the clash. He's wearing a clash t-shirt a lot in this movie. Right. But the movie or the party's all night. He ends up giving the keys out and takes her home, but they stop to get like slurpees. Right. They, well, they're whatever. First thing that happens, they, they take home someone who's like, right. Blackout drunk. I love his hair. Yeah. Like he has this, like, it's almost, it's very modern modern. (laughs) looking now. Yeah. A lot of people do this now, but he had like shaved heads on the side and then he had these like ringlets in front of his face. Yeah. It was like a very extended mohawk type thing. Yeah. That like swooped over his face, but they were definitely, I don't know if it was a perm or if it was, if it was natural, but definitely these curly ringlets in front of his face. Very cool hair. And he was a cool dude. Yeah. Like, and John knew him. Yeah. They're like, I don't know the character. Lloyd. Lloyd knew him. And he's like, like, I got you. I'll take you home. Because he was too drunk to drive himself home. He takes him home. The, uh, it takes forever to find the place yes, he's drunk. Like hours. <laughs> my wife just texted me and said, she's in bed now meowing. She's talking about my daughter. <laughs> she's, she's been in this cat phase lately where <laughs> nice. she'll like walk around as a cat and meow. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Um, where was I going with that? She so uh, this these scenes are important because it's showing how how important uh, and how good of a person John Cusack is. Yeah, like he's willing to drive hours to find his place, that guy's place, and then uh, Diane's her name. And Diane seeing all this the whole time, like because people kept asking, like, "Why are you dating him? Yeah. Why are you dating Lloyd? He's a he's a weirdo, kind of eccentric, um, quirky dude." And Diane's like, "I don't know, man. Just treats me. He's been treating me pretty good." And then he gets like big gulps, yeah. and then there's glass in front, and he kicks the glass away, and that like really sticks. It sticks with you as an audience member, so that's like first great directing and writing. And it also sticks with Diane. And that's yeah. what's awesome is it sticks with both of you pretty relevantly. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to shoot. But I also see why they're also shooting it. And mm-hmm. then it, later she brings it up. And it's like, ah, the movie's a step ahead of yeah. us. I feel like a mediocre movie would have just shown that and then just like moved on. Yeah. But instead, like in the future, Diane says like, dad, the moment I knew I liked Lloyd is when, when Lloyd, we went and got some drinks, some big, big gulps and there was some glass in front of me and he kicked the glass away, cleared it away, and then made me walk around it. And I just knew, like, 
not everyone would do that. Yeah. I was like, oh man, such a such a good moment. Mm-hmm. So she goes home and uh, yeah, I mean, you also got to realize too, like we've all also seen Diane have really good chemistry with her father. Yes, like best friends, and her mom is and dad are divorced. And she had to choose between, like, the mom or the dad, and she chose her dad. And, uh, yeah. And John Cusack is living by himself with his sister, kind of. They don't even live together. She just comes and visits, I think. Does she live there? No, he's living with her. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Where are her, where's his parents? I never In understood. Europe? I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite It's get not that really one. important, but military. You know that, yeah, there's some, you can tell there's, there's some like not, it's not animosity because he says like I'm sorry because there's a him and uh, Joanne Cusack getting a fight where he's like I'm sorry that mom and dad made me come live with you yeah like there's some there's a bad situation right or an unsay I don't know if it's bad but there's something wrong you don't need to know it yeah and you that, just know he's kind of been on his own for yeah. a lot of his life yeah. through high school and stuff. And he's on good. He has to be on good terms with his dad because yeah. he keeps saying like, "I'm gonna join the military because my dad wants me to." And, and he's that's, got him for me or something like that. Yeah, and he's on the military. So, is it the dinner scene that's kind of next where Diane invites Lloyd over for dinner? It's yeah, it's pretty soon. So it's, so Diane invites Lloyd over for dinner and and. Uh, the dad asks him, like, hey, what are you doing for your future? Because Diane's whole point is, like, sh- her whole life is road-mapped, right? Like, to, success. To, to the point of, yeah, to success, where she's going to be in Harvard, and she has this big opportunity to go to England, and la di da It's got the whole thing mapped out, yeah. where Lloyd is the opposite. He's like, they're like, hey, what do you want to do for your, for your future? And he's like, oh, I want to date your daughter. They're like, Haha, that's funny. Good, yeah, that's funny. And he's like, no, really, I want to date your daughter. That's what I have for the future. They're like, you have to have a roadmap. You have to know what you want to do with your life. And he's like, I like kickboxing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mentioned earlier that he, um, he says, I don't like. I wish I could remember the wording because the sure way it's, it's presented. I love the. Um, I don't want to sell anything, uh, manufacture anything. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything, bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought or processed, or repaired anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. <laughs> great line. It was great, and his delivery of it is great because he, his quirkiness is just consistent throughout this whole film. And uh-huh. Just his delivery, he. Like, you can really see the work of when you hear of, like, people developing the character and the way they speak. Like, he developed the cadence of his character and made it consistent. It was just paid off so well. There's a really funny moment where, I mean, this is skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, well, wait. So, the dinner scene, though, like, it's very important because he talks about, like, the jukebox and how it's it's like a $9,000 jukebox that he bought. And he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world, the dad. And the dad also sees disappointment in John Cusack and asks his daughter, like, why are you dating this guy? Like, But I think this might be the moment where he's like, you should break up with him and give him this pen. Yeah. Again, another moment where, like, pay payoffs yes. really well. And she's like, I'm not going to give him a pen. And it's funny. Like, he's like, yeah, you should break up with him. And she's like, well, what am I supposed to give him in return? And he's like, I don't know, give him this pen. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not good. Dad, I'm not going to give him a pen. And yeah. then... Later, you know, they break up, and sure enough, he she gives him this pen, and then 
there's another scene and later even further payoff where like John is talking to his sister or Lloyd is talking to his sister and like this is I'm gonna read this line too because it's so good said uh, so they're on a payphone and it's raining I love the rain in this it, it looks really cool yeah it's almost like Blade Runner esque where it's like you know tears disappear in the rain or whatever yeah. the line is but he says uh, she broke up with me what do I do can she come back how can I get her back I can't I can't get her to talk to me it's all so effed up but he says it's a really good use of the F word. It is. I feel like crying. She gave me a pen. I gave her my heart, and she gave me a pen. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Because there's not a lot of movies where, like, you see men's emotions. Yeah. And this one does a really good job yeah, of showing men's emotions. Time, like, place. Yeah. I mean, I feel like more now, like, in the last five years, there's been a lot of talk about how, like, Men in our in America, especially though they we we don't get to talk about our emotions that much. We yeah. just kind of live our life, do our job, you know, do do the thing that men are supposed to do. Yeah. And this movie's like, it has that idea, and then it's like, no, let's throw that away. Like men have as just as much emotion as women if they you know if they wanted to, and and this really shows that like John Cusack can portray that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very very good. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, we already talked about some of the stuff that happens afterwards. The boombox scene we talked about. We talked about the scene with the guys. But yeah, they break up, and that's like a huge moment. And honestly, it's a kind of a twist. I didn't oh, yeah. realize they would break up. Yeah. But um, pretty much after the dinner scene, well, during the dinner scene, the FBI show up. Yeah. And that's like the next fifteen to twenty minutes or whatever. Is is they are uh, kind of investigating the dad. Uh, she goes and talks to I don't know. Is it the IRS? It's some I uh, the, some it, government you get a agency. Lot of, you yeah. You whenever it's the investigation, it's kind of vague on who it is directly. Yeah, whatever. you kind you of feel like some, it's the IRS, but yeah. I mean, imagine they would all work together. Yeah. anyways. but yeah, it's not very clear. Yeah, always. But yeah, she. So she, there's a couple of things that happen where it's just her fighting for her dad on every yeah. level. Like she goes and meets with the mom, says they're probably they're investigating dad. We know it's wrong. We just need you to be nice. Um, and so she finally goes in. Like I said, we think it's the IRS, but we're not sure. Yeah. To figure it out, and the the guy that she's speaking with kind of points out like, are are these different things that you that you see in your life? She's like, no, no, no. And then and I don't she know. he lists things. It's a la- the lady lists things like. He has a bunch of cash stored away. He had he's bought he's made purchases about nine thousand dollars or less. He doesn't make big purchases. He has a modest home, but with nice things in it and stuff like that. And you, as an audience member, sees all this stuff. Yeah. And and he's written things like that into the movie. So yeah, you, like you the know, jukebox. Like, yeah, the jukebox. And you know, you the house is really nice. Yeah. But then you do see the retirement home, and it looks a little less nice than yeah. probably the home. Pretty interesting. Yeah. And then uh, the, the interesting payoff from this is she talks about the things she doesn't like. Uh, yeah, because he, he he's pretty specific in like artwork, carpet, like mm-hmm. things that are usually nicer homes. And as soon as you go to that, like the way that it's filmed, kind of wider out, you yeah, see, you every, see everything, all the nice stuff yeah. that hands. We should also say like we've talked about it a little bit, but the um, what's her name? Diane. <laughs> Diane. Diane and the dad. They have such a close relationship that they tell each other everything. Oh, yeah. So it's hearing this stuff is like a hammer to her chest. Yeah. It's so, it's 
so wrong for her to hear this. So a great, great example is Lloyd and Diane sleep together and she forgets to call dad to let her know, like, I'm not going to be home tonight. Don't wait up on me. So the next morning, the dad's like, I've been up all night for you. Like, where have you been? And she's like, dad, I'm going to be honest. I slept with Lloyd mm-hmm. and he gets really disappointed. But like, it shows that honesty that they have with each other. And at the dinner scene, Lloyd even says like, man, I've never had someone as close as I, you and your, your daughter have, sir. Yeah. And he's like, thank you. And he's like, I've never seen anyone talk like that where they like intertwine words. They're telling the same story, but at the same rate. And yeah. you know, like you've met people like that before where they just can tell the same story so quickly and so in tune with each other. And he's like, wow, I, I really want that in my life some, someday, sir. And so you, you see there how close they are with yeah. each other. Not only is this like a romance story, but I also feel like it's a father daughter. Oh yeah. Very story. family. Yeah. I mean, um, if you had the worst father in the world, but yeah. that's what's <laughs> interesting. So him as a character, you you see this. I've I've been reading some stuff on just like writing. Of, like I said, I've shown some interest in writing, and it's interesting. Like what makes a good villain is mm-hmm. not one who's just evil for evil's sake. Well, it's one who wears a weird hat, you know, and speaks in a British accent a lot of the times. Yeah, but what like has make... a scar on his face that makes a good villain? Yeah. That's like there's some like very stereotypical. They have thing. evil plans. They have evil plans, and they tell you those evil plans. They tell you the evil plans, and there's not a lot of motive yep. for that. That's what makes a villain. Yep. <laughs> Just kidding. And so, but that's what's interesting. Uh, a good villain is a nuanced villain. Jafar, great villain. <laughs> scar. He has a scar on his face. <laughs> He's a good villain. Yeah, nuance is a yeah. So, like, a, a very common, more recent good villain is Thanos that people always point to because he... Sure. His motives, he he believes that he's doing good. Well, and he has, like, lines on his chin. They're almost scar-like, you know? And then he also scars his arm when he flicks his finger. He does. Yeah. Thanos. Anyways, going back to the dad, what makes him interesting as a character is his motives in his mind are all good. Yeah, it's true. You know he's the villain from the... Kind of the very beginning. Yeah. But, I mean, he's the dad. Dads are portrayed as villains in these kind of high school romantic comedies anyways. But yeah. you're right. Like, the, how rounded he is as a character. You're kind of like, is he the villain? Yeah. You, ask that self, you ask that a lot. But then in the end, you see him in an orange jumpsuit. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, where are we at? What time is this? How long? 39 minutes. And we start recording right from the get-go. Hmm. So, yeah, we could talk about the ending of this film. Yeah. So, I mean... The so the daughter confronts her dad. Diane goes up to him and says, "So you're yeah, stealing?" She finds the cash. Yeah, she find that's right. She's home alone for a little while and starts ramishing through uh, the stuff. She goes up to her dad and says, "Are you stealing money from these people?" And he says, "No." And then he's she says, "Are you sure?" And he she said he said, "I would never lie to you" or something like that. Like yeah. it is just straight up. And then she said. I know you are. I found the cash in the house. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, yes, I have been. Which (laughs) I'm like, should they have this conversation in the old folks home? Like with these very thin swinging doors? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) I wouldn't. If I was stealing money from them, I would just uh, do it somewhere else. My butt's hurting. Sorry. It's not your fault, Carlton. I have a cushier chair than you. We're going to trade next time. Okay. In a month when I come back here. <laughs> uh, 
was going to say. Yeah, so you get the scene. She very good scene. Yeah, it's fun. And it's he goes fun. to the sad. She, she finds a John Cusack character. Also, <laughs> this scene. I don't remember the context of this scene, but it is really the kickboxing where he's teaching kickboxing. Yeah. He's like, I get paid to do this. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> it's he's like, like teaching like six year olds yeah. how to kickbox. He was thrilled. I don't yeah. mind to do it. Um, that kid, the kid. Um, in the movie has like uh, Tiger King hair, Joe, Joe Exotic. Did you notice that? Like a shaved mullet, the like shaved mohawk mullet. Haven't you seen which Tiger kid? King? Yeah, which kid? The the nephew. Oh, the nephew. Oh, yeah. he does, huh? That's... Yeah, he's like a shaved, and then his mullet comes down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's timely, I guess. He's a big, uh, you guys watching Tiger King? You finished Tiger King? I didn't. I haven't. You have the one yep. episode left. Yep. That one's like. The least interesting, in my opinion, episode. So you're yeah. you've seen most of it, but uh, again, tiger abuse. You know when they pull that kitten right from that tiger, it's so sad. You remember that where they're like, Joe Exotic's showing these brand new kittens. Oh yeah, they're kind of explaining like you have to get the kittens at this. Like you have to get. They're not kittens. They're cubs. How come house cats are kittens, but like tigers, leopards, exotic cats are cubs? What's the difference? Is it size? Maybe. A tiger cub kitten, though, is I think it is, because I think bobcat, I think, like, smaller wildcats, I think they're called kittens. Like, bobcats and I gotta look into this, because I've been thinking about this a lot since I've watched... (laughs) I keep... So here's the thing. Here's where... This isn't the only answer. There's probably more to this. Uh But a lot of, like, where the confusion comes with, like, animal naming categorization is because different people are in charge of it. Like, one scientist discover and this mm. and that. I know that's where a lot of confusion I feel like, though, like, um, between species, it should be universal. It should. So, like, a house cat, you could probably still call them a cub, right? Like, a house cat, yeah. baby cat, you might be able to... But it also sounds very wrong. It does. But so, calling a tiger cub a kitten doesn't sound yeah. too wrong. Maybe you can call them kittens. Like, hey, it's a tiger kitten. But when you say, like, it's my tabby cat's cubs, <laughs> it sounds weird. Sounds freaking weird. But, like, <laughs> universally, uh, a wild dog is a puppy. Or, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, other like animals. Like wolves. They call them puppies. Yeah, they're, they're pups. Yeah, they're not cubs or something. Well, they are wolf cubs, aren't they? Sometimes they do call do them they? cubs. Sometimes. Oh, maybe they do. Maybe, they do. Maybe I think of like, but I think you can call it a puppy too. I don't think you're wrong when you call it a puppy. Because I just realized this is Jungle Book. They they call man cub. Yeah. Because he's raised by wolves. So just... Yeah, that is true. So okay, but like, what's a baby monkey called? Do you know a kid? Is it a kid? I don't know. It's probably a child. That's what a baby goat is called. No, they're called a, a kid. Yeah, baby goats are kids. But a goat is a good ex- explanation because a, a mountain goat is a kid. And a like a tamed goat is a kid. Yeah. They're not like a mountain goat's not named differently than a tame farm goat. Where are you looking up a baby baby monkey? It's a child, I bet. A baby monkey is called infant. Oh, an infant. Yeah, that's a like human. Yeah. Interesting. An infant. That's not confusing if you had infants around and and monkeys around. There is a scene at the on the last episode that's pretty sad where Joe Exotic is is like he has two apes and he keeps them in cages for like ten years or he's had them for like fifteen years 
and he he finally lets him go to a, a monkey refugee in in Florida, and he said, "I watched him. I watched him go, like into the refuge in the the refugee, and they they saw each other. They ran to each other and hugged, and he's like, I kept them away from each other for that long, and I was like, oh, that is rough. And he's that like, because he's in jail in the last episode, and he's yeah. like, now that's how I'm feeling. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's why I don't love zoos. Because of stuff like that, but like, I don't know. I I don't know. I I really liked zoos until I started dating my wife, and then she more and more she started explaining to me like, we'll, we'll have a conversation about it afterwards. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 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 zoos are they're they're touchy. Yeah. Um, because there's good things about zoos too. They can yeah. raise and grow animals. Yeah. So okay, uh, say anything. Not Joe Exotic. We're not talking about Tiger King. We're talking about because the the nephew has the same haircut. same haircut. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Joe Exotic's stuck in the eighties a little oh, bit. Hundred yeah. percent dress. <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, so yeah. So you. So she turns to John Cusack as kind of she needs someone to turn to, and she really doesn't have any friends. Yeah, and she like generally likes him that kickboxing scene where she. It's funny. I we, like. I really like this scene because it's so like how a person would act. Yeah. Right? Cuz she calls him and says, "Hey, I want you to come back." And he's like, "You hurt me." Yeah. And she's like, "I know, but I need someone right now." And he's like, "Okay." Like that's kind of how the whole yeah. convert. It's not like yeah. it's not like, like no, no, yeah. convince me. He's like, like he does ask, "Do you need someone or do you need me?" Yes. And she's very good line. I yes. forgot about that. And she says, "I need you." And yeah, cuz you you get you see we see this a lot with romantic comedies of like Dumb conversations, kind of. Like yeah. Convincing, like, no, no, no. Like, no, that's not how people would act. No. <laughs> it's like, it's like they still like each other a lot, and John Cusack wanted her back this whole time, yeah. right? And so it's perfect how they come back, and they, uh, it kind of is a time jump at that moment. Yeah. Because uh, she's getting ready to leave. To England. To England. Yeah, and this whole, the it's like two weeks later. This movie ends well too. So good. <laughs> that's that's we run into this a lot with romantic comedies. They don't end well all the time. This one and it has an airport scene, kind of, but not what you're thinking. Yep. But it ends at an airplane. And it's a good and it's a good callback as it's, well. It ends a lot like um, you haven't. I don't think you've seen it, but The Graduate. The Graduate yeah, is the graduate. very similar it's ending. Good. And I they did. I think John, uh, James Crow is it. John Cameron Crow. Cameron Crow did that on purpose. I think he's he saw the graduate and he's like, okay, referenced it. he referenced it. Because how the graduate ends is they just drive away in a car oh, and okay. it's like just just holding hands for a very long time. It's like gotcha. five minutes of just like watching them satisfied. We we'll do the graduate. It's a rom com. Okay. It's it's like an like super early. I think it came on the '60s. It's like one of the first rom coms, so it doesn't oh, okay. feel like a traditional rom com gotcha. when you watch it. But it's perfect movie. Um, well, we're I guess so. What we find out here is the dad gets arrested mm-hmm. for for embezzling. It's not embezzling, right? He's just stealing. Yeah, he's stealing money just, from these old people. It's like I think they actually say embezzling, but I don't think that's technically. I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah. So the time jumps, and John Cusack goes and sees. Oh, there's a really cute moment I wanted to talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. And he's at the guitar shop with the two girls that he started the movie with, oh, John yeah. Cusack, Lloyd. And and Lloyd's talking to him like, hey, I, I slept with her. 
and they're like, oh, you did that? You know, they're kind of gossiping back and forth. And he's like, what should my next step be? And he's like, well, she's like, well, what I would want is a letter or like flowers. You should send that. A romantic gesture. A romantic gesture. And he's like, you mean like this? And he pulls out a letter. And it's like, oh, man, this is so, that's so smart. So good. And uh, that just shows like that. It's just the characterization through the whole movie is how quirky, but also how good of a person Lloyd is yeah. through this whole movie. So I wanted to bring that up real quick. Yeah, that is a. It's kind of pays off again because of the next scene we're going to talk about, where the dad is in prison and Lloyd like sees the dad before Diane does. Yeah. He he said Diane doesn't want to see him because. He he. She didn't want to see him in a jumpsuit and yeah. like see him in this condition. But he hands him a letter. Uh, Lloyd hands him a letter and says, "Like this is Dan wrote this." I thought they kind of worked well. For some reason, to me, it pays off. Those it two does. scenes pay off for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know why, but I don't know. It's just there's a lot of good payoff. There's just a lot of well done payoffs. Yeah. In these last moments. Yeah. So they. So he he reads the letter and he like starts crying and then he like looks up and there's Diane. Yeah. And. He, he sees Diane and they hug each other. But during this conversation, the dad's trying to convince Lloyd not to go to England. And that's leave his daughter alone. Yeah. This is the moment where we find out, oh, Lloyd decided to go to England yeah. with, with Diane. And so that was really cool. You know, like they he decided to go with them. And you learn earlier in the movie that Lloyd has been to England before. Yeah. Like for three months oh, yeah, or whatever. Because that, yeah, the first conversation he talks about, I can give you tips of being in England. Yeah. That's how he like convinces her. Yeah. Like, hey, There's... like I've been to England. Let's talk about it. And yeah. she's like, okay, fine. Yeah. So Diane and the dad hug. Yeah. and There's a lot that happens in that conversation. Like I, I like that he kind of just sticks to this idea of like he's just good at liking Diane. Yeah. Like, he's just a good, and that's... And well, that's, and that's just how a father would be, right? Yeah. And you would hope that, the the real tension is, you hope Diane still likes him. Yeah. And, you know, it's true. He She does. Just disappointed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. that moment with, what, his, her her mom, and they're t- she's trying to, Diane's trying to tell her mom, like, hey, can you just lie for, my, for dad? Yeah. Like, he's done so much for me. Yeah. So that means that you need to help him in return. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of a cool moment because the mom's like i don't know like he's done a lot more than you think and he's she's like no and trying to protect him and then they have that conversation and then she learns like yeah my dad's not all that yeah it's cracked up to be sure and she like said they they hug and she gives him the pen back oh yeah the pen it's good pen and then they're on the plane and the thing that we and during the dinner conversation like the whole movie yeah you find out that she has this fear of planes. Yeah, because the first time they flew, she like got halfway around to destination, and then they turned the plane around, and everyone was very disappointed in her, and the air marshal got called and told her never to fly again. Yeah. <laughs> so then that's brought up a lot. Yeah, like, she's never really finished a flight or something like that. Yeah. You learn that from the beginning, like when she gets called to England, and yeah. the dad says, we'll figure it out when it comes. Yeah. Because she's like, I can't fly. You know that. Mm-hmm. So they get on the plane. Well, they don't. You don't even say it. Just cuts to them on yeah, the plane. Yeah, they're on the plane, like just waiting for the plane to take off. And John Cusack's talking to her through it, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, oh, just that's just the wind. Blow. Like those are just the wheels, or or they're testing the the, the wings. Yeah, and, he, and part of the kind of the tension. There's almost like this little mini story that happens of like any problems that you've ever heard of always happens within the first five minutes. So once the ding happens, 
you know, you're safe. Yeah. This, um, some great sound editing in this, or in sound recording, I don't know, in this, because I've never, like, I've been on a plane a dozen times or whatever, but you always hear the the wings tested. You hear that, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like that. But in real mo- like in movies, you never hear that. Yeah, you know. And in this movie, they kind of address it, and I thought that was really cool. That was cool. You don't really, they don't really address stuff like that, which you know, it's not important, but it is important in this movie. So yeah, there, there's a non-smoking sign, which very telling of its time, <laughs> and it's like that is on. It's saying like, don't smoke. And then he, like Carlton just said, though, like if once the the ding goes off, then that means it's good. We're we're safe. So it's on. And on. And they're waiting. He's they're like, waiting. And you as an audience is kind of like, oh, like, is that going to go off? Yeah. It's, it's like the perfect amount of time. Yeah. And just waiting and waiting. And then, ding. Movie ends. Movie ends. <laughs> that was a great ending. Oh, yeah. So, highly recommend it. Cameron Crowe writes a lot of good movies. Uh, I strongly suggest anything that he's made. Almost Famous. Have you seen Almost Famous, Carlton? You'd really like it. Another music movie. He's way into music, Cameron Crowe. I think it's because he directed a lot of music videos. That makes sense. He did Aloha, which I guess is really bad. (laughs) I've never seen it. Isn't that the one with uh, Emma Stone? Yeah. There's a lot of backlash on that. Yeah, because Emma Stone plays an Asian person, I think. Plays a Hawaiian person. Yeah, who's Asian. I think she's like from Korea, like supposed oh, to be like from that. Korea or something. Her parents are from Korea or something. Of course. Good old whitewashing. Yep. Uh, he directed We Bought a Zoo. He wrote that. I, I know that that movie is not like generally liked or critically liked or whatever. Right. I adore that film. I hear it's like okay. Yeah. I thought Matt Damon helped wrote it, but I was wrong on that. Yeah. I haven't seen We Bought a Zoo. And I love the, the music and it is great. He wrote Elizabeth Town, which I hear is not good. I've never seen that. But I, I want to. I think I'm gonna watch Jerry Maguire tomorrow because it's on Netflix and I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's either. like the only Tom Cruise movie I haven't seen. I haven't seen the other one that. Um, Vanilla Sky. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Either. Vanilla Sky's weird. It's very interesting. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's it's an interesting watch. He like. It's one of the most expensive movies of all time because Cameron Crowe was like, hey, I need to rent out Times Square. Is that possible? And they were like, no. And he's like, let's try. Let's talk to the city and see if we can rent it out. And the city said, okay, but it's going to cost you $100 million or something so we can pay all the shops. Like, you have to pay every shop around there. He's like, okay, let's do it. That's crazy. So he rented at like... make the money back? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think the movie made its money back. <laughs> you would, that's crazy. Probably says something in the trivia about it. Um, oh yeah, the scene with Tom Cruise alone in Times Square is not computer enhanced. The production was given unprecedented permission to shut down Times Square for one Sunday. At the time, the news ticker was provided updates on the George W. Bush Al Gore election. To avoid dating the film, Crow got permission to change the NASDAQ sign in post-production. That's crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's been a while since I've seen Vanilla Sky, but I remember it being freaking weird. Yeah, I've, like I said, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So, yeah, we'd recommend uh, Say Anything, it sounds like. Yeah, like no, 100%. Go watch yeah. it. Sorry if you listen to all of this, then you're hearing us say go watch it. <laughs> 1989, right? Yep. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have a hard time with this. When did it come out? 
It did really well. I know that. Yeah. It was February 14th. February? Oh, another Valentine's Day movie. That's weird. No, not April 14th. Oh, April 14th. It was the 14th, and so I would, yeah. April 14th. April 14th, 1989. Yep. What would you guess is the number one? I'll be honest. I've... I've heard of one of the, besides say anything, I've heard, I've heard of two of the five. So you've heard of three of the five. I've you, heard of two of the five. If you include say anything? Sorry. Yeah, as one of those two. Oh, okay. Number one, who stars in it? Um, or what is it? Is it like an action comedy? It is a comedy sport. It's got Charlie Sheen. Oh, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, freaking, I know what it is. Uh, Hot Shots. Nope. It's, it's freaking uh, baseball. I know it. I know what it is. Uh, I'm gonna I recognize him. Uh, Tom Berenger. Yes. Apparently has Wesley Snipes in it. It's not hot shot. It's um major league. Yep. Yeah. Major freaking league. I'm an idiot. Never heard of it. It's a comedy. Yeah, I've never seen it. Okay, what's number two? Is it say anything? Nope. Oh. Um, I think is this another sports film? <laughs> Bro. No, crom- comedy uh crime thriller. It's got Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Stephen First. Holy crap. Christopher Peter. Lloyd and Michael Keaton. Yep. It's not Batman. Because that came out in eighty nine as well. Oh it did, huh? Uh, Michael Keaton. Four mental patients on a field trip to New York must save their caring chaperone who ends up being taken to a hospital in a coma after accidentally witnessing a murder before the killer can find him and finish the job. Uh, I have no idea. The Dream Team. Never heard of it. Sounds interesting. I gotta look that up. Is it a movie? 6.5. Sounds sounds like a Dream Team actor's Okay, so what's your guess for number three? That one, say anything. Yep. Yeah. And it did total gross four million. No. Oh. It's not bad. Probably only made it probably cost four million to make, so Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So then number four is a comedy. Okay. They're all comedy. Tony Danza and Catherine Hicks. Tony Danza. Catherine. When an average-looking teenage girl gets a makeover, it's enough to make her father become overprotective of her. Uh, the it's not clueless, is it? Mm-hmm. Babysitter. Nope. What is it? She's out of control. I've never heard of that. Yep. Gosh dang! I I know why people don't want us to do this game anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number five. I know this one. It is a Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman film. Oh, it's Rain Man. Yep. Oh, Rain Man. Have you seen Rain Man? Nope. It's pretty good. That movie dis- was destroying everything at the time. Like I said, the Major yeah. League was it like 18 million. Rain Man, 152 million. It probably came out in like December too, so it could get Oscars, and it's still like top five in April. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, man. Because it came out in 88. Yeah. That's crazy. That is. Okay. That was week 18 for it. <laughs> so... Let's see. Oh, I didn't. I didn't look up anything. <laughs> okay, I'll read this. This is funny. This is from C- Sienna. 
She gave it five stars, liked it. This is a rewatch for her. She loves this movie. She said, a little language in this one, but I'm going to say it because it's funny. Ferris Bueller wishes he had Lloyd Dobler's effortlessly massive dick energy. It's very true. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Just push that five stars for us. That helps us a lot. We would love that. Uh, follow us on the social meds at RomComDudes. Visit our website, www.romcomdudes.com. Email us at romcomdudes at gmail.com. And as always, uh, what's the girl's name? Diane. Yeah.